Welcome back to Today with Dr. K. I'm Dr. K. Wise Whitehead. I'm joined now by President Al Hutchison, who joined Visit Baltimore as president and CEO in November 2016. He's the chief executive of the city's official destination sales and marketing organization, and he's responsible for overseeing the promotion of the Baltimore region as a destination for everything from conventions to family reunions. Al, how are you? I'm doing great, Dr. K. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate having you on the show. Can you talk with us about this this notion of uh, Visit Baltimore's Warm Welcome Program? What does it mean to really talk about Baltimore as an inclusive and diverse city? Yeah, well, thanks, thanks for that question, Dr. K. And, and really, it, it stems from the place that, unfortunately, You know, as a country, we're in a place of people not feeling respected and welcome as they visit communities. And, you know, I know you were talking about George Floyd earlier, but this whole systemic racism issue is a 400-plus-year-old issue, right? And so as a destination, we felt it was very important to begin to have a broader conversation about we want to make sure all people feel respected, valued, and welcome when they come to Baltimore City. So we, we put this warm welcome initiative in place. So regardless of gender, nationality, ethnicity, uh, disabilities, race, we want everybody to come to Baltimore and be treated and valued in a very special way. So this is our attempt to create an initiative that we can reach out to the business community, um, academic space, nonprofits, and say, look, through this pledge of one welcoming, sign, sign on the line, and you're committing to creating an environment for your employees as well as for people who come to Baltimore to feel respected and valued. Now, I would wonder, because when I first heard them, I'm thinking, okay, Baltimore is, what, 68, maybe 70% African-American. Like, it seems like we have, with black folks in all positions of leadership, from the mayor to the Baltimore City State's attorney to the CEO to the police commissioner, like, it feels like it's supposed to be an inclusive and diverse city. Are you saying that that surface only and on the ground, that's not really what's happening? Well, I think, you know, there's no doubt we are a predominantly black um, city and community, and all the people and positions you mentioned, a lot of them are have African-American leadership. But I think it's, it's extremely important that from that representation all the way down to your, your teammates, that everyone does, should understand that we, we need to create a culture that people feel respected and valued and welcomed. And... I think Baltimore is a community that we believe we should take a lead in that space, um, and we want to do it the right way. So just because we have – it is a very diverse community, but because of that, we should make sure that we're treating and valuing all people on the same uh, level playing field. That's not always the case in Baltimore, but that's not always the case in America. And and we believe just from a, a travel and tourism space, that we should let's take the lead in this space and let's create an environment that is great for our local residents. But as our visitors come come to see us, like they're coming into your home, you want to treat them in a in a high valued way. And I think that's uh, something we we feel we can achieve. But it's 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 work that needs to be done, and we're, we want to be a part of that change. Now I know that Baltimore is is really 
repositioning itself. I'm thinking about everything from the Ravens to the recent Baltimore Running Festival, spaces that have been pretty successful, even though we are still in the midst of this global pandemic. Next year, the CIAA is coming to Baltimore. Can you talk about the CIAA, explain it to people, and, and tell me what, why is this a big deal? Well, uh, CIAA, the Central Intercollegiate Athletic Association, is actually the, the longest-running African-American athletic conference in the United States. So it's, it was founded in 1912. It's made up of 12 institutions, primarily in the South, from Virginia to South Carolina. But Bowie State here in Bowie, Maryland, is a member. Uh, Lincoln University and, uh, and Chester, Pennsylvania, is a member. But, uh, you know, Howard was a founding member. Morgan State was a, a member of this conference. So it's a historically black college and universities. They do great work in their communities. Uh, but this is a huge tournament. It was in uh, Charlotte for 15 straight years. It, during that time period, left over 600, I'm sorry, $600 million in economic impact to that community. A lot of jobs were created. A lot of folks begin to move to Charlotte because of the success of the tournament. And now we were able to uh, woo them to Baltimore City. We, we got a three-year contract, which was supposed to begin in 2021, but uh, the pandemic won out, so there was no live basketball in 2021. So this February, the last week in February, we will have the tournament. The 12 schools, both women's teams and men's teams, will be competing, and we're expecting – over 100,000 people will be coming to Baltimore for that week, not all going to the games, but this is more of a cultural event, a social event, it's a family reunion, if you will, with the backdrop being basketball. So we're excited about it because of the time of year that it will be in Baltimore, typically a very slow uh, business time of year for Baltimore. So a lot of money will be left in the community, but we need to make sure we do it the right way and partner with a number of our small businesses here in Baltimore City. How will this directly impact, um, benefit black-owned businesses? Because we, we understand with what we've seen with COVID-19, black businesses really suffered and felt kind of the greatest burden in terms of trying to stay open, trying to be sustained. So, so how will this help them? Yeah, Dr. K, that, that's a great question, and that's something we've been focused on once we were selected. And so as, as all of us know, you know, 47% of Baltimore small businesses are black-owned. And so there, it would be a disgrace for us to invite this great tournament to Baltimore and if our small black-owned businesses couldn't benefit. So we're working extremely close with um, Baltimore City small businesses um, through downtown partnership, and we're hoping to create a platform where we can uh, – re-envision some of the vacant buildings in the downtown footprint and invite some of our small businesses down downtown to set up shop during that week, work with the commercial businesses that own some of this property, and see if we can outfit it, activate these businesses with small businesses, with arts, with music. And uh, it's going to be extremely important with all these visitors from around the country coming to Baltimore City that all small African-American-owned businesses can reap some of those benefits. So we want to, we have to be intentional about it, Dr. K, and we're going to make sure that we provide that kind of small business platform during that week of the tournament.
And then finally, um, and I appreciate you, Al Hutchinson, the president of Visit Baltimore, uh, talking about the Warm Welcome Program and the CIAA tournament coming. How can Baltimore businesses and fans get more involved? Like, where, where do we go from here? Well, first of all, they can go to our website at baltimore.org to find out more information about the CIAA. Um, they can find out where to buy tickets. All the games will be held at Royal Farms Arena. So we encourage your listeners to definitely purchase tickets. They want uh, to book hotel rooms. We have a block of hotel rooms for the tournament. We were able to create a no, there's no three-day minimum, uh, three-night minimum, I should say. That was one of the challenges in Charlotte. And also, no hotel rate is over $199 a night. So those are two big things we bought to the tournament to woo them here. But we encourage folks to, to definitely buy tickets. We also encourage folks to volunteer. They can go to our website. We have a call to action to folks to volunteer to help us welcome people from all over the country to this great tournament. It's going to be a great event for Baltimore City and the state of Maryland, uh, obviously economically, but I think it, it can help the Baltimore's brand that we can showcase our city the right way and show all the greatness of our African-American culture here, arts and culture in Baltimore City. People can spend money, go to our restaurants, go to our attractions, have a really good time in our city, and fall in love with it. And so our, our plan is to make sure Baltimore shows its best self uh, during this time period in, in uh, late February of 2022. All right, Al Hutchison, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us. He joined Visit Baltimore as president and CEO in November 2016. It's Visit Baltimore's Warm Welcome Program, as well as bringing the being a part of the CIAA coming in in the spring. Thank you, Al. Thank you, Dr. K. Appreciate you. Appreciate you as well. So, folks, I want to open the phone lines back up. Um, we've had a lot of topics on the table today. want to get through some of the comments that are being put here on Facebook Live, 410-319-8888. I'm going to write some more about the allostatic racial load. I'm really thinking a lot about that. And what does that mean in terms of stress? Uh, the stress is on our bodies. Uh, Jacqueline Thornton said, you're bringing it to the forefront. Joanne Brooks said, look, we are teaching them for pennies. Joanne also said, look, I am so done with racism everywhere. And then she just said, Lord, help us. I am too. I'm, I'm with you. It's, it has been a long time coming. And, and I don't even know what change is going to look like. Uh, Dre, do we have the Dr. King clip from um, his Nobel Peace Prize? Okay, we're going to go out with that clip. And so let's play that and go to break. Make an appointment, meet me back here at 3 p.m. tomorrow, and we'll go out with Dr. King's Nobel Peace Prize speech. Prize for peace at a moment when 22 million Negroes of the United States are engaged in a creative battle to end the long night of racial injustice. I accept this award on behalf of a civil rights movement which is moving with determination and a majestic scorn for risk and danger to establish a reign of freedom and a rule of justice. I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound 
to the starless midnight of racism and war, that the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. I refuse to accept the cynical notion that nation after nation must spiral down a militaristic stairway into the hell of nuclear annihilation. I believe that un unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. 